0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 211 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Friday night, which is a little bit of an odd time for us, but time is out the window at this point in the uh, cycle of life, and joining me this evening to talk about whatever we decide to talk about is the great Scott Coleman. Hello, Scott.
1: How's it going, Brad? Yeah, I looked it up. Last time we chatted was uh, March 8th, about three weeks ago, and and life was a little simpler back then before, uh, before all of this happened, so... Um, glad to be on with you, and, and as always, we'll find something to talk about.
0: Yeah, you and I—it was—it was—it was a simpler time. We went pretty long, actually, talking about Atlanta Braves baseball, which seems like a like, like a lifetime ago. And I know Eric and I did the most recent podcast about a week and a half, almost two weeks ago now. And we were kind of just at a loss for words for most of that podcast. I'm still that way, but I wanted to get. Before we dive into the um, the agreement that's been reported on about, um, you know, between Major League Baseball and the Players Association, that's sort of the baseball portion of this podcast that we're going to get to here in a few minutes. But before we get to that, um, because you and I haven't talked, at least in this format, um, how are you handling this whole thing? Because uh, it's it's very bizarre. I know you, you are about as passionate about sports as I am. So, uh, you know... I guess just open the floor up to you, just to say, you know, how are you? Like, what do you have to do these days? What what are your what are your days looking like? And then we'll talk about how uh, sports is not around, and we we like sports.
1: Yeah, the no sports thing is is throwing me off. Uh, it really is. I was I was just flipping before we started flipping channels, and it's like, what on earth am I going to watch tonight? Is is pretty much what it's been the last few weeks. Um, you know, yeah, this is for somebody. I'm you know I'm 28 by far the most drastic thing that's ever happened in my adult life. I was 10 or 11 years old for 9-11 and you know, old enough to realize what was going on, but maybe not old enough to appreciate just the magnitude of it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that obviously everything works out and, uh, very thankful to everybody. <laughs> I think, uh, the work that, Healthcare professionals and, and store clerks, and, and you name it. It's it's honestly, it's heroic work. And I'm, I'm fortunate to have a job where I'm able to work from home, help people are working from home or staying home as much as they can, and, and just stay healthy. And, and who knows what the future holds for sports and life and all that. But uh, it really has been a, like anything uh, you know, we've ever experienced, with just how crazy this is. I think we all were kind of naively hoping that this was just going to stay away. And it very clearly has not. Um, and now we just have to hope that it's sooner rather than later that life kind of goes on as normal.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said the thing about the what what I would describe as heroic work going on. Especially, I mean, I think it's very obvious the people that work in the healthcare profession right now are doing heroic things. But even beyond that, like the you know grocery store people, people people just work at people that work at stores, people doing even food delivery and the the simple things that we uh, even now probably take for granted. Just the fact that that stuff's going on, and uh, there's a lot of people um, that still have to go to work um, and physically be at work and put themselves at some level of risk that is higher. Than what you and I are doing, being able to work from home. So you know, I'm obviously grateful for being able to do that, um, both day job and sports stuff, be able to work from home. But yeah, it's uh, you know, for instance, like if you're ordering food, uh, might, might want to tip quite a bit on the uh, on the food delivery. That kind of stuff. It's like yeah, just appre- appreciating people that are still out there, you know, grinding. Um, in the same way, and I, I know, I mean, I know I'm working probably more than I normally am, which is kind of funny. I'm doing it from home, but it's uh, it's different. I'm allowed to be at home, and I'm not at risk in that way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole just the nature of that is kind of goes without saying. But it's uh, always something I want to start off with, just acknowledging that you know, at the very uh, at the very least, um, everybody hopefully is uh, staying safe and feeling all right and all that stuff. So. Um, as we transition a little bit, uh, I know we're both working at home, but w- w- when you're not, when you're not working, I want to be a little bit light about this to some degree. Uh, w- when you're not working at home, what have you been doing? Because, you know, I, candidly, I still have this day job. I work, um, all day normal. I, I would say I'm still, you know, I'm sitting here working like I normally would be, but, and at night I do have three or four shifts a week, um, for Uprocks where I'm actually still working in sports at night, but There's still a lot more hours um, in front of the TV than I normally would have, to be sure. And uh, when you magnify that by the fact that there's not sports to watch, like I'm kind of at a loss for things to do. What have you been doing to uh, pass the time since there's not live sports to watch?
1: Yeah, I think I've been trying – me personally, I've been trying to get outside as much as I can. Granted, I live in Arizona where it was 78 degrees yesterday, so – uh, you know, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, you know, just get away from your phone is something I've really tried to do because you'll go crazy just looking at it all day. Um, you know, me, we personally, we just bought a house. So I'm fortunate that, uh, we, I have some stuff to do, you know, yard work and all that has been, has almost been relaxing a way to unplug, if you will, from the real world. Um, TV wise, uh, Tiger King on Netflix, highly recommended, uh, maybe the craziest, I don't even know what you call it, TV show, documentary. I have not seen uh, it, but
0: uh, everybody else seems to have seen it, so um, I guess I have to it watch It is that worth
1: more. the watch. You're going to say WTF about 25 times an episode without even realizing it. Uh, so Tiger King, enjoying that. Uh, what else am I watching, Brad? Uh, Succession on HBO, very good. I'm enjoying that if you have HBO. Um, and then, you know, just trying to take my mind off try to read a book spend some time with your you know your friends and your family as much as you can and yeah you you go a little crazy just looking at the news headlines and numbers and stats and all that because uh it's, it's just a lot right now and I think if you don't uh unplug for at least you know 20 minutes at a time here and there you're you're gonna go a little crazy so um that's what I've been up to what about you
0: yeah, I mean, it's probably, I definitely have read and watched too much about the coronavirus coverage, and I, I've tried to stop the last few days doing as much of that, just because it, it'll get in your head and kind of bum you out in a serious way. I, I do want to be informed about it, and something like, I'm not extremely dialed into news on a regular basis, like non-sports news. I, I sort of know what's going on in the world, but um, I candidly am not the most plugged-in person when it comes to that kind of stuff, but... Um, In this instance, I kind of went too far into that originally and kind of got my own head. So I try to tap out a little bit. I live in an apartment, which makes it a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of people around. Like getting outside, you know, it's doable, but there really isn't a lot of space for me to get outside around my place right now. Like I have a nice uh, little porch thing that I can sit at, but like as far as moving around and not being um, at a threat of being around people, it's kind of tough. I do have the uh, treadmill inside to get moving a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a tough spot there. But, you know, watching a lot of stuff, um, catching up on, on shows that I wanted to watch. I had this movie list of movies that I just kind of compile that people have recommended, you know, old movies, new movies um, that I've never seen. And I've been ticking off one or two of those per day just because of the amount of time that go. I have. Yeah, it's a good so idea. That's helpful. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much it's, uh, you know important but it's certainly something to to get done and you know pick pick your show or two that you want to knock out i know ozark season three came out like today i haven't seen any of that yet but i've i've watched the first two seasons of that so yep. i'll be watching that at some point and uh, tiger king has to be watched apparently because it does everybody, <laughs> everybody 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 seems to i'm not sure they love it but it's uh they're baffled by it if nothing else so
1: whether it was intentional or not netflix has to be uh very happy that they had that in their back pocket uh, ready to go as you know half the country is sitting home all day long
0: yeah they seem uh, to uh always have something new people are talking about but the i think that that one especially has gotten magnified given the fact that everybody is home and um it's not just them the streaming services are i'm sure just dominating the world right now uh disney plus like did the i guess it was like frozen two they dropped early yeah. and that kind of stuff which I'm, i don't have kids so it's not uh, i'm not down on, on disney plus necessarily but yeah, just stuff to watch. I mean, hopefully not just sitting there watching stuff, but it is very helpful. I, I did think the other day, I'm not sure if you have that had this thought or not, but um, the other day I was thinking, like, what happens, like, 10 years ago if this happens? And just not ha- – I mean, we'd have, like, DVDs maybe to watch, but the lack of streaming content um, that existed, you know, when, I, when like, like when I was in college, you know, 10, 15 years ago versus now – uh, it would be kind of wild to consider like what we would have done for this length of time without it. And people don't have it. And that's that's something I, I kind of forget as well is that I have, I have friends or people that I've worked with that like don't have every streaming service and like don't have unending stuff to watch. And they pretty much just sit there and watch CNN all day, which I understand. Like there's, there's stuff going on, but just we're kind of we're kind of lucky in one respect right now. And yeah, that is the yeah. fact that there are so many options.
1: Yeah, it's hard to get bored, right? Like whether it's Well, we're, a streaming we're still service bored. We're still bored, I edge. think,
0: but um, to a, to yeah, an so, extent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. But no, you're right. It's like 15 years ago, how would you find out about trades? We looked in the newspaper the next morning. You know, now well, we the ESPN it, ticker it, or something
0: it, like that. And you're just like at the mercy right, of watching the the full scroll of the ESPN ticker for 20 minutes waiting on one score or one uh, transaction, yeah.
1: So let me ask you this. What's your favorite sports movie of all time?
0: Ooh, um, it's funny. Um, I think I almost said this at the beginning of the podcast. We have a couple of, we've been, we've been sort of batting around ideas for, um, like standalone shows we could do. This is one of them. So I don't want to give it all away, but, but Scott, it's good. It's actually a good question. Um, I hadn't thought about this yet. I've made some notes on other things. Uh, number one sports movie. I think the one that I have seen the most is remember the Titans. That's mine. There um, you go. I'm not sure it's my favorite, but it's certainly on the short list. I, I could probably quote the whole thing to you. It's uh, it kind of hit me in that spot. Yeah. I think we're, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but um, you know, age wise, it kind of hits right for where we are in that world. I'm trying. To th- I'm actually looking it up now to see when it came out. Yeah, it came out in 2000, so I was 14. Yeah, that that sounds about right. What I would have been dialed in um, on that, on that kind of thing. I mean, there's lots of different. Sports movies that are in different uh, different areas, but that's the one I, I probably know the most. Um, yeah, I don't know, I've, and I've always enjoyed it. I, I like I, I'm a sucker for a good sports movie. I mean, it's not like if, it's kind of have I watched a sports movie this whole time during this during this hiatus? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have, but like, I'll if I do watch one, it's like hard to not get sucked into it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, we got Miracle the uh, yep, good one. USA Hockey team movie was on the other day, so I caught like half of that. That's a good one. Um, baseball wise, I I'm, I like Field the Dreams. Personally, it's probably my favorite baseball movie. I don't know about you. Uh,
0: um, that it's a, it's a good one. I um I am partial to two very silly baseball movies. Um, that again, I think it's probably because of the age that I am. I am a huge Rookie of the Year stan. Um, yes, I love Rookie of the a, Year. A classic, uh, a, absolute classic. And I also love Little Big League. Um, those those are sort of two almost like, you know. Similar but not similar movies like they're not realistic at all, but it's like I, I just liked those movies probably because of the age thing that I was and all that stuff. But yeah, Phil dreams more serious seen, one for sure. Sandlot. I don't great think one. I've seen Little Big League.
1: Oh Yeah, Sandlot's a classic. Little um, Big League
0: is the one where the where the where the kid becomes the manager and he's like 15 and he's managing the twins. Um, Never seen it. Oh yep. man, that, that's that's a must. You got you got to, you got to find it. Uh, in fact, use okay. the, use this time, Scott, to go back and
1: forth. yeah. By the next um, time we podcast, uh, <laughs> whatever the hell that's going to be, I will watch. I'll be well versed in it.
0: One uh, one more bit. One more thing I wanted to ask you about your uh, your consumption of media, and this will sort of tie into. Um, the other stuff we're, that we're about to talk about. But um, I know Fox Sports Southeast and Fox Sports South are running a lot of game um, replays right now, both Hawks and Braves, at least locally. They're running both of those quite a bit. Um, I know you're not in the market, so I'm not even sure you could get those right now. But I- I'm wondering if people are watching. I mean, I'm sure people are, but I am not watching a ton of those. Uh, the other day I had them, I had a couple of those on where you know, it's like, oh, there's a Braves game on from last year, two years ago. And it's a little bit interesting to me, you know, for some reason I'm more drawn to like the college basketball replays that I've been seeing, like the NCAA tournament replays. Yep, um, same here. But I've not been super I mean, I don't know, it's something about not being and super enthralled by watching like a regular season baseball game from 2 years ago like on the t- on the TV. I don't know, it's kind of strange to me and people it's kind of fun. <laughs> I just I just remember something. Um I think it was Fox Sports Office put out a tweet uh, asking like, what kind of games they, they should be showing. If people wanted to see World Series games, it's like, guys, they don't have the rights to World Series games. They can't, they can't put yeah. World Series games on. Um, it'd be fun to watch the 95 World Series again like, in full, especially as an adult. I was not an adult back then, but that's not really yeah. an option, I don't think.
1: But it's funny you say that. Um, um, me, personally, I, I'm not super into you know the 10 best Braves games of 2019. I just wouldn't do it for me, even if I was in Atlanta or the Atlanta area. I, I don't think I would tune in regularly for those. Um, I would love to, as somebody who kind of grew up in the 90s in that, that first wave of Braves dominance, I would love to be able to go back and watch you know, games one through seven of all the, the various world series. I mean, it would be, I would enjoy that. That's something that, I mean, I've seen them over the years. YouTube has a bunch of videos and MLB's video stuff has gotten a lot better. So you can catch at least most of the games, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I found myself watching uh, CBS for like two hours last weekend for the, the March madness classic reruns um, from a few years ago. Those I enjoy. Um, but yeah, just, just watching, you know, a, a you know, Braves comeback from June 4th, 2018. I I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. If it was on, I'd probably leave it on for a couple innings, but um, because I'm not local, um, like, for example, the Diamondbacks, I'm not turning in any Diamondbacks games from the last couple of years. (laughs) It it would be Uh,
0: fun, I think, to watch, like, just the ninth inning of games. Like, like, if you know a comeback's coming, it might be more fun to watch. But I, I have sure. I have some trouble watching a full game that happened a year ago, that yeah. was a regular season game. It didn't really mean all that much. It's kind of strange to me. It's it's it, almost the same thing on the Hawks side. People were shocked and people were asking me on twitter why like why why, 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 i wasn't like tweeting about the replays of hawks games and it's like this stuff happened three months ago i watched the game two or three times then and reported on it and talked about it and i I don't want to watch that again like i'm i'm kind of all set on that um so i don't know it's interesting they they should show them because i'm sure people are watching them and uh something that i think about in a sports media landscape obviously just there's just not stuff for people to Show right now, um, especially that lo- you know the local networks, regional, um, particularly with Braves coverage. You know, Fox Sports Southeast, Fox Sports South, they rely. I mean, pretty much every night for almost six months, they have a Braves game on, and without that. To put up, like they're in, they're in kind of a hole. I mean, everybody is ESPN is ESPN two is even shows like even networks like FS one are in these like content gaps. But uh, it's even probably more punctuated on those regionals when they, when they don't have games to show because that's like pretty much oh, all people watch those for. Yeah,
1: I mean you can only show the you know behind the Braves or whatever the the rain you know, delay the, coverage. The, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the the driving around the Diamondbacks do a thirty minute. They, they The host sits in a car with a player and they just kind of drive around like Phoenix or Scottsdale or whatever. Like you can only show those so many times to fill the news gap.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, prayers up for the Fox Sports Southeast executives that are uh, tasked with filling stuff up. Um. All right. We, we I think it's probably enough just incoherent banter on the podcast. We don't always do that, but I feel like people kind of want it right now into some respects. So maybe you're like getting to know Scott and I. A little bit more through this process. Oh, I forgot. I had one legitimately like recommend r- recommendation thing that I wanted to put out there. That's kind of sports. Have you seen the OJ documentary on ESPN? Like the the five part monstrous um, OJ made yes, in America documentary. The thirty for thirty. Yeah, yeah, they they were showing it. Um, I think like two at a time again this week, and uh, I, I I saw it the first time. That is an absolute masterpiece. If you haven't seen it and you want to kill some time, it's like seven and a half hours. Um of a five part documentary, and uh, for some reason, I just uh, I'm fascinated by the OJ case, but it's not even it's kind of goes beyond the case. That's the one thing that I actually want to say out loud that is kind of sports that I recommend. So if you haven't seen that, check it out.
1: The other one that's good too, uh, it's on FX was the American crime story for OJ Simpson. that was I think it was Cuba Gooding jr with yeah. o j it, it's it's far um, more
0: it's far more absurd, but it's extremely entertaining for yeah, sure. it was
1: well done. yeah, yeah. as somebody who, knew a general idea of what happened but you know again it was a little before my uh knowing (laughs) appreciating what was going on time yeah yeah there you go so um yeah no the oj you're right it is fantastic if you're looking for something to watch for an hour or two every night over a full week it is it's really worth a watch
0: there you go um all right we're gonna hard pivot now to actual sports News and I'm using I'm using news in quotation marks, but it is kind of news. It's not only Braves related, but because it's there's no Braves content right now to talk about, we'll talk about the uh the new reported deal. It's not been announced just yet, but um, the key people that know things like Jeff Pass on ESPN and Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic are reporting on this, so it's going to happen and it probably already has happened. But the, uh, the two sides, Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Uh, agreed to a deal on Thursday night to uh, set some things um, more firmly in terms of like salary stuff, service time stuff, and sort of the overall situation of uh, what's not happening right now with the season and what might be happening in the future. Um, you know, the big the big domino is that uh, they're kind of. You know, they're not ruling out the season by any means, but uh, there was some interesting language in there that was that passed and reported about the 2020 season that not starting until some of the following conditions are met. And one of those is that they wanted to wait until there's no ban on mass gatherings that would, quote, limit the ability to play in front of fans, end quote. Um, there is an exemption in there when it comes to neutral sites um, where, where they're economically feasible is the way they put that. But it seems like... Baseball by that wording wants to wait till they can play in front of fans, and uh, I have some news for baseball um, that won't be uh, happening for for quite a while. I don't think um, I'm not an expert, and that's something I want to say right now. Uh, anything that we say on this podcast is uh, <laughs> um, informed yeah. as much as it possibly could be by reading other people. We have no idea what's going on, so uh, I guess what's your initial reaction to reading the broad scale stuff about like they don't want to restart until? then that, that that's the one kind of that kind of surprised me that they would come out and be as specific as that, because I think everyone, um, maybe not everyone, but most people that I have read on this topic have basically started with some form of, yeah, we'll play, but without fans for a while. And uh, if they're not willing to do that, that gets into a situation where you're going to be waiting uh, a while longer, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. When I read uh, Jeff Passon's reports about, <clears throat> what is going to be part of this agreement. My, my first reaction was they're not going to play this year. Now, again, I'm going to echo what you said. I am not an expert. Maybe that can be the title of this podcast. We are not experts. Um, but it's going to be a long time before you can have thousands and thousands and thousands of people shoulder to shoulder t- together for three to four hours. Um, I, to me, I think what the season is going to come down to is whether or not owners and players are going to Uh, to play in empty stadiums or not I think that would be very weird but if it seems like the players for numerous reasons really want to play for uh, salary reasons and and service time reasons and all that um, to me it's just going to come down to whether or not fans are going to be allowed uh, and if and if 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 you and I and most people assume that fans are not going to be allowed into stadiums and mass gatherings in the next six months or so uh, months whatever you want Um, I think it's just going to come down to if they're willing to play in empty stadiums, if they're willing to play in the spring training stadiums, um, because there are so many other things to consider here. Um, Because, again, you're in this situation, as we saw with the NBA, um, and maybe it's not quite apples to apples here, but if if all of a sudden you're playing these games and one player gets sick – is is it going to be an immediate shutdown again? Because the very last thing baseball wants to do is start up the season and then you know four or five guys on the same team all get get sick. Well, then you then you have many other problems, which I probably don't need to explain uh, why that would be an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, and part of the wording in the passing reporting um, included the fact that medical experts one of the um, conditions is that medical experts determined that there are quote no health risks to player staff fans. Um, or anybody else etc um with commissions and the union able to revisit playing in empty stadiums as a possibility now you know i know there's been plenty of plans on the nba side at least rough you know proposal plans that have been reported about like basically playing playing without fans for sure but also doing it like almost in like a controlled environment where you could bring in basically the whole league or at least close to the whole league into a central into a central central spot and because they have, you know, the NBA and the NHL are already in the middle of their seasons, and they have some incentive to try to finish those up, get, get to the playoffs, et cetera. Baseball, you're starting anew. And also in baseball, you have to have, particularly on the pitching side, guys got to be able to ramp up, and it's, it takes a little bit of yeah. a lot. You, you, you kind of need some sort of training in the way that you pr- probably don't necessarily have to have in, basketball or, base, uh, in bas- basketball or hockey. But the other thing that I wanted to point out here, it's probably a good time to do it now, and Passon kind of referred to this as well at different times, there's sort of this overarching question on whether baseball even wants to play with no fans, um, whereas what I think at least on the NBA side, I know this for an absolute fact. Everyone kind of agrees on this. If they can play even without fans, they still want to do it because the money really comes from the TV side more in in basketball, and it's just a little bit easier to do that. Um, You're talking about a a controlled environment inside an arena that doesn't have to be very big, whereas in baseball, there's a lot more dynamics in play. But one of those that's key here is that there's a lot more people involved in a baseball game. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's more than double the roster, um, etc. But even beyond that, um, baseball's financial model is really, really reliant on gates, which means people attending games. You're talking about 162 games per per uh, season, obviously, but 81 home games. And while the TV, especially regional networks, the TV is huge there, and teams are obviously making you know tens of millions of dollars a year from the regional networks, but the gate revenue for you know some of these some of these teams that really draw are averaging 40,000 fans 80 times in a season and just just do the math in your head about like between ticket revenue and food revenue and all that stuff giving up the gate revenue in baseball might just be untenable. it might it may not it may not be a good financial idea I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know this but um, whereas they've already kind of determined in the NBA world that playing without fans is still better than play, than not playing at all because of the TV incentive, especially national TV incentive in baseball it really may not be and i'm not an expert but people of people that are smarter than i am like jeff Passon, have reported on this just, just to say look it's, it's not necessarily a lock that they want to play with no fans because financially it may not make right. sense
1: no you're you're absolutely right and that's something i hadn't really thought about the you know the ticket sales thing and it's a and lot I of money man for me, for, <laughs> it is i mean like you said you do the math even if the average ticket is 25 bucks you do the quick math in your head i mean you're talking about millions and millions of dollars so um, you know, it, it's not. It shouldn't be a surprise that the players want to play, and that has been their consistent messaging through the MLBPA that they want to play for service time reasons, and obviously to get paid. And I think just in general, players want to play. Um, but as you said, I, I think it's going to come down to the owners because there are so many logistical questions about what you're going to do. The other thing too, the difference between uh, baseball and the three other major sports, the NBA. And the NHL, of course, are indoors with controlled situations. And football can be played in pretty much any weather, right? I mean, if even if right. football had to postpone the start of their season and just move everything back a month, they do it. Because, you know, everybody plays football when it's colder out. Um, you know, baseball, they've talked about extending the season into October, November, up until Thanksgiving. Yep you know, maybe half of the stadiums wouldn't realistically be viable. I mean, you want to go play a game in Minnesota in the third week of November.
0: (laughs) I mean, all all of those, all of those proposals basically include some vague reference to a neutral site for playoff games. But like, I mean, that's conceivable, certainly, but you have to figure in, like you have to secure that neutral site and it's got to be either inside or it's got to be in like two or three markets if it's not inside. So you know that sounds good on paper, and I think it's at least possible that you would do that. But you know, both sides also keep keep saying that they want to play as many as many games as possible. Like at some point, you know what's the cutoff do you want to play in a 50 game baseball season like maybe you do and I don't know I mean yeah. but there's there's the, there's like the people that are concerned with, with the sanctity of a season that are already yelling and screaming about le, about less than 162 and it's like guys that's out the window at this point I can't I can't imagine them playing 162 uh-huh. like that that's I mean even if you want to be as optimistic optimistic as possible you know even with double headers and stuff, I just don't see how they get to a, a full 162, and I don't care if they do or not. Like, I, I want the, I want baseball to happen, but regardless, if you start as early as conceivable, I, I don't see how you get to that. So, like, let's already just throw out our, our traditional archetype, in my mind, of, like, what a season looks like, and uh, it'll be creative in some form. But, yeah, your point about weather is a huge one, too, in addition to the gate receipts and all that stuff, is that you, you can't play baseball till January. It just doesn't work that well. <laughs> huh.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you can't, and I think... Let's say best-case scenario, I know publicly MLB has talked about Memorial Day as a possible target for realistically, not just, in as you said, you have to ramp up. Even if you want to say absolute best-case scenario, I mean, then you're looking at maybe 120 games. If you had kind of the quote-unquote regular season until the end of September and then did playoffs in October and November, maybe. Um, You know, if you played one doubleheader a week and then – you know, went every single day. But again, teams have to have time to yeah. travel. Right? No, no, no all, and... yeah,
0: no off days, like uh, traveling from Atlanta to, you know, Seattle for, <laughs> for series. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You're going to do an eight hour flight and then turn around and play a game, you know, after playing the night before. Um, you know, again, this is unprecedented. I think people are going to have to be flexible, especially if they are able to play baseball. And it seems like just about everybody does. Um, but with that said, players are going to get hurt. You're going to have weather delays. You're going to have travel restrictions. Um, you know, and, and I guess to kind of move this on, then the schedule becomes a whole other question about uh, what do they do with the schedule, unbalanced scheduling and all that. You know, What if somebody pointed out that if they just kind of resume the season as it was on, let's say, June 1, I think in the first two months of the year, the Braves play the Mets 10 times or 12 times, excuse me. Uh, they don't play the Nationals once in those first two months. So you, now you're talking about playing – the Nationals 18 times over a four-month stretch, but only playing the Mets six times. I, I don't know. It, it would be a weird scenario all the way around. Again, this is unprecedented. There's no book for something like this. But um, th- there are so many. I, I'm, I will say that I'm glad I don't work in MLB's logistics department because they have a, uh, <laughs> a big job on their hands, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and there's just so many things that we could guess on that we're and they've, they've all been included in this reporting from people that we trust to sort of know what's at least being discussed but you know all the scheduling stuff the rosters that would need to be expanded probably you can't really expect guys to operate with with this kind of potentially condensed schedule it includes double headers without without expanding the roster uh and they're already likely they're already re- going to do that this year to 26 regardless coming into the year but it's going to be even more than that you'd imagine if they try to play um anytime soon so there's all that that's a whole other podcast in itself about what the schedule might look like and we'll we'll hold off until we actually get a little bit closer to when we know might what might actually happen but that's sort of a good little preview of what it could look like potentially but even Mm -hmm. then like this week the there was the the agreement that was reached um includes like some interesting you know notes that i wanted to point out here one of which is on the money side um, players are going to get what they wanted and, and apparently prioritized, and that, that they're going to get a full a full year of service time, um, even if the season is canceled and doesn't play at all. And that that is huge for a lot of guys. But it's also like you know, if you want to say for, for the Braves specifically, the Braves, um, you know, famously signed two highly lucrative one year deals this year with Cole Hamels. Yeah. And Marcel Azuna, those guys would just be free agents again. Like if, if they cancel the season, those guys are not gonna ever play for the Braves under that contract. They'll just disappear. And then you add a, a, year, a year of service time to young guys, and the Braves are very young, so you take away a lot of that, uh, that that value in that way as well. And then, you know, on the flip side, the concession that the union made to get that to get that in there is that they're is that they're literally not allowed to sue for their full salary. Like, they're not going to be able to get their salaries if the season don't happen. So they're going to get some money. Um, MLB advanced players a total of $170 million, apparently, for the first two months split up into this four-class system, which doesn't really matter at, at at this moment in time for us to talk about. But, you know, there's going to be interesting, if they don't play, and that's a possibility, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if they don't play at all... The money part and the service time part is going to be a very interesting discussion. And even if they play a reduced schedule, I don't think guys are going to get all of their money. They'll get some of it for sure. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just going to that's a whole other side, uh, sort of another side story of like how the money breaks down, who gets what roster situations going into 2021, et cetera, et cetera.
1: No, you're right. I mean, it's so let me ask you this uh, over under on 100 games played this year.
0: Uh, like 100
1: real official baseball
0: regular games. season games um yeah okay i mean i have to know if they're willing to play without fans or not that's the thing like if they're willing that's to true. play without fans then i'm probably take the over because then they're going to try to do the doubleheader stuff and get and get to like 100 or 120 um,
1: yeah. Or even if they start to play without fans and then, you know, start on June. Well, 1 that, that That's
0: really what it is. Like I, if they're I, not willing to start without fans, it's definitely under for me. Like they, they at least have to start without fans and be willing sure. to like, and be willing to take the risk if they want to see it that way of like, maybe they don't, maybe they don't actually have fans, which goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. Owners may not want to have the season without fans. Like that's something that has people have to understand that just, do the math in your head owners probably don't want to spend what they have committed to spend on payroll if they're not going to get gate receipts that's just that's, that's yeah. just the reality, reality of, of situation in baseball which isn't probably the case in any of the other sports honestly because football is so TV driven that they would definitely want to have the season and the NBA I know from reporting on it talking to people they want to have the season fans or not baseball just think about it Like I, this sort of hit me this week too for the first time but it really does make sense if you think about it they really might not want to. I talk about the owners now really might not want to have a season if they can't have fans. But if we assume that they did start the season without fans, they're willing to do that. I would probably take the over, but without with, with zero confidence at all in that prediction. What do you think? Sure. Sure. You know, I
1: I was kind of debating in my head as you were talking it out. I mean, as of today, March 27th, March 28th, whatever, I would lean on the under, I just don't, I don't know. I Maybe I'm too pessimistic Pessimistic about it. Um, I, I just have questions about, I'm with you. I don't think owners are going to want to pay full salaries or close to it if they start to play games. Um, I mean, that's a lot of money they have to shell out. And I get. I know these are billion-dollar corporations that have more than enough of it. But um, I guess if I had to bet on it today, I'd say less than 100 games. But as you said, It totally comes down to it. Sounds like the players are more. I mean, I think the players will play no matter what because they want to get paid. They they just want to play. The players want to play. Yep, absolutely. And if you're, I mean, also just the the layoff thing, I don't think any, even if you're a professional athlete, I don't think you want to go 18 months without playing competitive baseball, right? No, I Um, I, I do
0: think that the players, you know, it was important and that was reported by multiple (laughs) people that the players really wanted that year of service time. That was what they wanted the most in the entire negotiation and they got it. But. Because they can't, they literally cannot sue now for their salary. They they're gonna want to play baseball. Like it's just what it is. Players <laughs> players have incentive to play, and owners really may not. And that's that's what it comes down to here.
1: Yep. No, it's it's a uh, as we it's an unprecedented situation from a fan perspective, whether or not there are fans in this stadium or not. I hope there's baseball because the idea of not having. I mean, really, it's it seems like. As as each day passes, I guess this is maybe going down the, the rabbit hole a little bit, but as each day passes, it feels less and less likely that we realistically get basketball or hockey games here anytime soon. Do you feel the same way?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's I have not been, I have not been following the hockey stuff as, as closely. Um, there are a couple of interesting NBA proposals that I could see potentially getting us there, but it would certainly be a very strange landscape that yeah. requires almost like a – Quarantine of the league, which you could probably do. Like, well, this is a funny one that I'm not sure how realistic it is, but it got reported by ESPN today. I was at a Brian Woodhorse piece, and Brian is a real reporter. um There is this r- proposal that basically the NBA would almost move its entire operation to Las Vegas and take over like an entire casino complex and just have them all live there and play games. Oh my God. <laughs> and, it, it, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it because they're so huge, those buildings are so huge. They have ballrooms or and or arenas in them where you already have an arena, you don't need fans, and then that way you can monitor, you can do all the all the health monitoring and the seclusion that you would need to get to get games off the ground. So like you could sort of think about it and it might make sense, but it's just kind of that's the kind of crazy stuff that you're going to hear proposed in other sports that baseball again cannot do because baseball has to have a stadium. You have to have a yeah. you, you, you have to have a baseball stadium, which is a lot more. It's just a lot bigger. It's a lot more difficult to manage that than sure. it is to get a, a basketball game going on. So I don't know. I mean, it does seem like they're not going to be playing anytime soon. But um, like they're definitely paying attention to like in the way that South Korea is moving and the way that China is moving in terms of like maybe you just can put guys not like in a full bubble, but like do extensive testing. If you if you get to the where the testing can be, you know ongoing. Maybe you try it, but I don't know. I mean, this is stuff that I'm not smart enough to know, but I'm, I'm, no. read, I'm reading everything right now, but the baseball, huh. the baseball proposals are not as specific and that kind of worries me a little bit. Cause it's, it's more like they're just kind of crossing their fingers and hoping it's going to work out, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not sure. I, that's mean, gonna
1: really, happen. I think that's kind of what a lot of folks should do. I mean, sure. you think about, I know you're not as big of a hockey guy, but I mean, hockey arenas for playoffs are absolutely insane. I mean, I think yep. it would be, it would be so weird to watch, you know say the lakers and the i don't know help me out here the Bucs in the finals in in front of nobody in front of 25 people and, and they, they've all,
0: and they've all said that too i mean lebron's given multiple interviews where he's like i mean i guess we have to play but it's it's going to be insanely weird and i agree like there's yeah. no precedent for that it's right so bizarre. yeah the
1: the you know hockey you have an overtime game the entire arena is sitting on the edge of their seat screaming with every shot and you know instead of having that reaction somebody scores an overtime game winning goal and there's just dead silence. Like how, how odd would that be? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the players will play and it won't be as weird as what we think, but you know, somebody hits a half court three to send the game to overtime and there's literally not a peep. I don't know. It, it would be awfully weird.
0: The whole thing is going to be bizarre. And I've heard some people talk about like, you know, summer league. I've been to summer league games that are as dead as dead can be. And like, it looks fine on TV but if you realize that there's no stakes in that game, it's just very different. That, that's the thing. Like all the, all of these players have played the, their sports at a high level in a building that is either, you know, mostly empty. Like that's, that, that's not the weird part. It's the, it's the competition level and it's the stakes being there. That is a bizarre thing. Because like, think about, you know, a simulated game in baseball or a, you know, an exhibition weird game in, in basketball, they've all done it. And they've, and they'd be, they'd be able to play but think about a playoff series with nobody in it. It's just its just the weirdest thing in the world to think about. Like The intensity level that usually is accompanied by the, that, that kind of stakes um, just wouldn't feel the same. So, I mean, we'd still want to watch it at home. I think at home it would honestly... Oh, I'd tune in, yeah. I, I think at home, I firmly believe this, in pretty much all the sports, I think the viewing experience at home would be a little bit different, but no one would care. I think the in arena and in stadium experience would be the bizarre part. But yeah. having watched you know, enough enough things where there are not really people in the stands for whatever reason, like summer league basketball games or you know exhibition football games, preseason games where there's not really anybody there, it would still it would be weird for a minute, and then we'd all adjust, and it would still be the, the sport in front of you on TV, and we all and we'd all be thrilled to watch it. But talking about the players and just the people in the building, it would be so weird. So
1: yeah, it would be weird. Maybe maybe it's one of those things that would be weird for like a week, and then we'd be they, used to it. I'm sure they but, get used to know, it. As, but
0: yeah, yeah.
1: You know, as we sit here talking, the Braves should be playing right now in Phoenix, right up the road. Yeah, yesterday sunset. was uh,
0: opening day, right?
1: You know, if you could tell me that, hey, you either don't get baseball for you know four months to have fans in the stadium. Or you can have baseball tomorrow with nobody. Well, guess what I'm picking. I'll take the <laughs> empty stadium ten times out of ten. So it's not quite that simple. There's also some player safety and, and concern and travelability and all that too, of course. But um, I don't think anyone really knows where this is going next week, a month from now, a year from now, even. Um, but it's you know it's it's certainly fun to think about. And but yeah, I would I would happily settle for some empty stadiums, ha- empty arenas if it means sports sooner than later
0: yeah it kind of goes without saying but we'll definitely say i know you just you just did but you know we all want sports i would love to have stuff to watch and cover um but they have to get to a point where you know the testing's got to be so readily available they got to be able to do certain things um you know ideally it would be a vaccine which isn't going to be there for a while but even even before that you know the testing's got to be at a level where they could be comfortable enough having these guys play yeah. in whatever sport, and uh, that's the thing that we, that we just don't know how fast they're going to get there. But, um, yeah, the player safety stuff is, you know, and, and not just players, you know, m- managers sure. and coaches and, you know, traveling PR staff. Like, I mean, think about all the people that are involved that are not just players and coaches even.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, trainers. I mean, training
0: staffs, right. like, you know, bat boys, Uh, you know, even people that are that, are, that would presumably be broadcasting the games because one thing, one thing that they're not going to do is play games without broadcast they're not going to do that so you're talking about tv tv crews cameramen um people that run cables like there's just there's there's a lot more people than people realize that have to put on a broadcast security
1: staff i mean you think you're going to have 50 guys on the, you know, on the field, all worth upwards of a million dollars with no yep. heavy, heavy security and police. I mean, exactly. yeah. So yeah. you're
0: talking about people that have to have uh, some sort of clearances and some sort of testing and uh, health monitoring, etc. So yeah, a lot of dominoes that have to fall before we get to any of that stuff. But hopefully um, for our sake, as uh, people that have no idea what's going on in that, in that world necessarily, uh, we're just hoping that games happen at some point. Um before I before we get too carried away I think we're almost done on this podcast but uh, last thing that I want to mention about the agreement that uh, before I forget to say it um, the draft might be as short as five rounds in 2020 which I'm not a huge MLB draft guy but I know our guys on the staff like Matt Powers would just like melt if he if he only had five rounds of MLB draft coverage that would be strange <sighs> and the drafts gonna yeah. apparently move from June back to July probably that's part of this thing. Also, you can't trade picks or slot money with this agreement, and uh, the international signing period is uh, getting delayed, and uh, some of the bonuses that you would get as a draftee would would be a lot smaller than what you receive now, and they'd have deferred payments, presumably to have clubs save some money while they're not making money. So, I mean, lots of weird... I mean, also, new arbitration settings. Um, If if they have a shortened season, that's going to impact numbers, and right now, arbitration... A lot of it's like on counting stats, which is still crazy to me in 2020, but you have to figure that out. And, uh, as of what well, I think yesterday, maybe today, there's a transaction freeze in baseball. So like nothing can happen. Not that there was a lot happening before, but, uh, you literally, you literally can't sign anyone now or trade anyone now. It's just like, Nope. Hold on yeah. for a while.
1: <laughs> I, I think on the draft front, the only thing I'll say is I hope MLB doesn't. I mean, I think I was surprised that the reported it's going to be down to five rounds. Um, I hope that baseball does right by all these draftees, all these high school seniors and uh, college seniors. and I mean, just everybody who, who's draft eligible. I hope they figure out whatever the solution is. I don't have the solution. I don't think anybody does right now. But I hope they do right by those guys. Um, they already make pennies on the dollar once they're in the lower levels of the minor leagues. Um, I hope that whatever they land on, the, the players don't get completely screwed because – uh, you know this is not their problem right like none of them ask for this they should be getting ready they should be you know playing games in front of dozens of scouts all the time um, you know nobody nobody expects them to and, and you know if you're a player now and there's only five rounds I mean what do you do that that's gonna be a hundred and what 150 picks or something like that compared to the thousands uh, that normally get drafted every summer um, I don't know it, it's gonna be a real mess and I hope that whatever baseball does land on uh, those kids don't get Screwed out of an opportunity, too bad.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, it's worth pointing out that um, that that's the fewest rounds. It it it, it could still be longer than that, which is uh, hopefully it would still would be. But as someone who's done a little bit of you know history and reading about negotiations of CBA's different sports for my other sports work, um, oftentimes the first thing the first the first set of people to get screwed in a in a in a a negotiation between players and owners is. Future draftees, because yeah. they're not lobbying, they're not they're not part of the discussion. So I know in the NBA world that happens, and it seems like in this particular negotiation, um, one of the first giveaways that the MLBPA was willing to do was this draft thing, because there's no one in the room that's fighting for the people that aren't in the room. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, <laughs> you're just, right. So so the draftees always get always get screwed by this stuff, and I, you can sort of see why because you know the guys in the MLBPA are worried about themselves, and I guess that makes sense but you know the next you know this 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 crop of players that that might be drafted the best of the best will be fine they might have a little bit less money up front but they're going to get their money and it'll be fine but you know that that 17th round pick that becomes a great story may not be drafted now you can still get signed like it isn't it isn't it isn't as if your your journey ends if you're not drafted in the first you know seven rounds if they only have a seven round draft but yeah, it true. becomes more difficult in some respects. so yeah they gave, they seemingly gave a lot of way on the draft, which I understand, but I also, it's, uh, it sucks for those guys.
1: Well, and if you're a team, I would imagine that they weren't fighting too, too hard to expand the draft because they don't, you know, their scouts have been pulled. There's of course no high school games of any kind going on. It saves
0: the money too. I mean, ownership doesn't want to spend money on the draft right now because they're not making money. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest domino. I mean, I, I think GMs and front office staff would be represented in some way, but in the end, this kind of deal is a negotiation between ownership and players and the people that would want the draft are front office people and they're not in the room either. <laughs> sure. So yeah. it's like yeah. owners don't want to spend money on players before they, especially players that are not going to do them any good right now. And this moment, like if you're a top 10 pick in the draft, you're making you know millions of dollars up front and you're not going to arrive for at least two years, even if you're a college player, usually. Yeah. So like, That that's an outlay of money that ownership does not want to necessarily do right now, which I also get. So I don't know. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: strange dynamics Uh, up and down. uh,
1: Simpler times, Brad. If only we could go back to March eighth and talk about the Braves bullpen problems, or no, actually, how good the bullpen is going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, we spent uh, more than an hour on like three or four straight podcasts talking about you know deep dives into players and what was going to happen with the roster, and uh, if and when they play, we'll probably do a little bit of that again. But um, those are still irrelevant. I will say that if you if you are a Braves fan that is maybe maybe finding this podcast for the first time or a rare time, um, there's plenty of season preview content that we have that we have produced that is um, almost all still relevant. The only way that it won't be relevant is if like Cole Hamels never plays with the Braves because of this weird cancellation. Yeah. But other than that, all the guys who are there, um, the Braves have no no new injuries. They have nothing. It's not like Noah Syndergaard. Um And by the way, we'll probably do some NL, NL East talk at some point. And uh, man, the Mets. Yeah, that
1: even even when there's no baseball the Mets still have to Mets. Unbelievable. That that was brutal when I I mean I guess I guess if there's ever a time for that to happen it's probably now, like right, on the chance. But I mean you never want you never want a serious injury like that, but um yeah, when I saw that come through it's like only the Mets could lose one of their ace pitchers uh, <laughs> uh, when there's not even baseball happening and hasn't been happening for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, just bizarre. But anyway, um I know you and I were. Uh, at least in my head, I was a little bit worried that we'd have uh, not a lot to talk about, and here we are at the forty-eight minute mark, Scott. So there you go. That's what you and I do on this podcast. And granted, we had some. We actually had some baseball talk on the show because of the uh, the clutch timing of the new agreement between the two sides. So uh, I'm not sure we'll have uh, much more in the next couple of weeks in terms of like actual live baseball talk, it depends on what happens uh, with the negotiations and all that fun stuff and the timelines, but uh, we do have a couple ideas, as I said before, we have a couple ideas for podcasts, whether it be, you know, you know look, looking back a little bit at uh, old Brave stuff or movies or NL East previews, etc., cetera, et cetera. we'll have some more content coming in the future, but I uh, wanted to get something out to you guys, it had been almost two weeks, and I don't want to go too, too long, we might skip a week here and there uh, during this hiatus, because there's just not that much to talk about, but I enjoy talking to Scott and Eric, so here we are.
1: There we go. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Right. Like you can only watch reruns of like what's on. I have Harry Potter on TV right now. I can only watch Harry Potter so many times, Brad. So it's always a treat to talk to you, sir. Uh,
0: You as well, my friend. Um, As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. And by the way, we do have content going up at TalkingShop.com. I have not written anything, um, but there was there were some roundtables. We'll have stuff going up that's baseball, baseball driven, Braves driven. So, uh, don't, don't have any fear. There'll, there'll be something for you to read almost at all times. Plus this podcast network road to Atlanta is still on it. So subscribe, please read the site. Scott, have you written anything recently? I know I haven't, but there you
1: go. I haven't. I've been my, in my uh, day job, I've been pretty crazy the last few weeks as everybody, but, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I haven't had too much time, but I gotta get with, chris willis our fearless leader and, and chat with him i have some some stuff on the back burner i've been thinking about just you know as trying to take your mind as we talked about literally anything but sitting there and watching the news all day um so yeah i'll get back into writing here soon but uh nothing lately now.
0: I'm looking at the front page right now of talkingchop.com. There's, there's a mailbag from Chris. There's there's some prospect stuff. There's a, a write-up of the deal that we've been talking about um, from Eric. Uh, of course, good old Eric writing up writing up content. There's uh, some other th- – I mean, there's Starry Knives for Corey McCartney. Um, some Tyrell Jenkins content on the site that I'm looking at right now, which is amazing. Ooh. So there's just all kinds of things. Check out the site. Check out the podcast. Subscribe, all that stuff. Thank you again, Scott. Um, we'll do this again very soon, my friend.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, everybody listening. Stay healthy, stay home as much as you can. Uh, we'll get through this thing.
0: Yes, we will. Uh, and stay tuned, everybody. Uh, nothing else, we'll see everybody next time.